Yo, 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 grab your 40s and check your rollies. It's crime time. Yeah? <laughs> Just hit me. What do you got What do you got going on there? You got a little, a little something Zora's there? Zora's Domain from uh, Zelda Ocarina of Time. All right, all right. Everybody, welcome back to the Multiverse. Oh, okay. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome back to the Multiverse Movie Podcast. Take two. In, in this shit show. Yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Dean Holtzaffel. We are 26 seconds in, and we mm. are already at shit show mode. Hey. It's big. It's, look at, look it's, at us. It's big movie May. Look, look at, at us. us. Say it again. Look at us. Look at us. Can you believe it? This is George Rogers, <laughs> and we're going to record a, uh, a review today of a, a lovely movie. Um cool. A little, a cinematic independent film from nineteen uh, a talkie nineteen eighty six. Now is this a silent movie or is this a talkie? No, that's not even an answer <laughs> to that question. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's pause the show. Yeah, and uh, um, what's it get the Top Gun? Uh, Top Gun. Yeah, Top Gun. Nothing really. Going on in the world of anything. Well, and, uh, if you want to, if you want to hear our thoughts on anything current, check out Big Geek Energy coming soon to a podcast near you. It's coming soon to a theater near you. Yeah, and theater, I mean the fourth screen, two screen, might have been two screen, AMC in Dalran. If you're in the New Jersey area, uh, that's where the current target is in Dalran on one thirty. Also, uh, the last movie to play there, Battleship, and what? that was and that was last year. Was it? No, I made that. I up. was going to say, Bowser came out like '09. I know. I was and making, that movie theater came down a long time ago. I was making a Family Guy reference when Peter went to Tucson mm. to become an idiot mm. again, mm. and he's like, "They still have Battleship in theaters out there." Hey, remember <laughs> when we found that uh, that West Coast video in Mount Laurel? Oh or man, Mount Marlton. What, what what a day! We should have just fucking broke in there. Yeah, the cops showed up the there. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, do you Memories? see all these fucking posters? Memories. What, these are gonna throw them away. Yeah, what are you? you take me. Uh, you There's get... a Speed Two cruise control poster in there. You were the only person that wants that poster. That damn fucking you right. that poster somewhere. Somewhere, somewhere. I gotta find it. But um, well, we jump right into it. Yeah. Since uh, the news will be relegated to the new podcast coming up. Yeah. At least. Uh, it's not really news. It's just going to be a rant. But, yeah, well. But it's, it's with our good friend Chris, and we're just going to talk about fucking nerd shit. You Easy, know? good friend, mutual acquaintance. Well, he's a mutual acquaintance. <laughs> he's uh, uh, a bottom for me. <laughs> Some would call him the Taffin to your Taffin. What? What? Okay. Who's that guy? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 now before we get into Top Gun, I do, I, before we get into Top Gun, I do have a question. Yeah, is Jeff Bridges going to make an appearance in this? <laughs> I fucking wish. <laughs> Don't need him, got Tom Skerritt. But yeah, you want to? Are you? Uh, oh, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Jesus Christmas! <laughs> You're dangerous. Oh, all right. I don't even know what's happening. I have no idea what's going on, folks. This is what happens when Dean's left to his own devices. What do you... Cocaino. <laughs> Bass. <laughs> when we never review Red Heat. Never. It's a great fucking movie. It's a movie. It's a fucking great movie. It's a movie. It's a great movie. Things have been done. Words. What's the matter? I have a headache. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. It's not a tumor at all. I can't with, I can't with you. Stop whining. The kids are soft. Jeez, <laughs> discipline. 
This isn't even an Arnold movie that we're doing. In the movie Little Tushies. Chaos. So wild. All right, it's getting top gun. Chaos incarnate. That's what we're doing here. All right, all right, everybody. Let's let's be serious, George. Calm down. Yeah, I yeah, I'm the one who has to calm down. (laughs) Listen here, listen here, audience. Get fucked. Relax. All right, Top Gun had a budget of like fifteen million dollars, you know, and uh, you phone in the sand chief. Uh, it was directed by the dead Scott brother. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, all right. Ready? Yeah. You done fucking around over there? Yeah, I'm done fucking around. <laughs> I can't. All right, Top Gun. Um. Did you see this in theaters? No. <laughs> when did you see this? When was the first time you saw Top Gun? Uh, young age. My mom loves this movie. It's one yeah. of her favorites. I, I, I would probably would have been, uh, uh, what were they called, a tween? Probably. Like uh, I saw it as a young, like I was that like the age seven, eight. Like right before like an actual official teenager? I think a tween would be like 11, 12. I think that's when I first saw it. Yeah. I don't know. Such words didn't exist when we were that age. No, so they didn't. I have they no didn't. idea. Um, it's... Classic eighties action. Oh yeah, that's. Really it's, I mean, it's it it, it's Bruckheimer and Don it's, Simpson. Some would say falls this to is, the walls. Some would say this is the prototypical eighties action movie. Oh, I mean, it's. How do you not? I mean, I I wouldn't say it is. I mean, it doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh well, yeah, those are the prototypical. You 80s it's ca- that's because Arnold isn't fitting in an F fourteen Tomcat. Yeah. <laughs> he he should have been. Um, he should have been a Viper. Now you're on to something. Or he should have been a he should have been um uh James Tolkien's character. He'd be like, listen, Kuga turned in his well, wings. He, well, he, he was, couldn't cut it. Well, he was smoking a cigar, so that yeah. would fit. Yeah. So that would fit Bill. Yeah. And he's wearing. A, he's, I can't believe I have to say you I think every scene that James Tolkien is in, he has a cigar. In this, because yeah. he has it in the opening, mm. and then he has it before they before they go into mission when he's in the control yeah, room. Now uh, he has it there, and then he has it at the end when he's telling Maverick, mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you want to do since you mm-hmm. save the world? Yeah. So you met James Tolkien. we both met yeah. James Tolkien in the same convention. You had him sign a picture of his character from this, right? Yes I did. I had him sign in his I, mouth. I had him sign a back to the future poster, Beautiful. but that's a Beautiful great picture, picture though. Yeah. And a he's a picture. nice guy too. He really was nice. Yeah. And I'm glad nice. I got, I mean he's eighty he was eighty eight when we met him, so he's probably knocking on the door at ninety right Is now. He, if he's not there now. I thought he was early eighties. No, he was eighty eight. He looks great though. Yeah. So I mean it was good to get him before, you know, like Father Time catches up to yeah, everybody. Or God forbid so. fucking COVID yeah, last so. year, you know, all that yeah, bullshit. So. All right, let's rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was made for a uh, released, uh, how do I start this off? I don't even remember. You want me to just do it? <laughs> oh, I got it, I got it. <laughs> uh, released on May 16th, 1986, on a budget of $15 million. With a box office intake, I'm sh- sure this includes re-releases. Because I know it was re-released in theaters, but... I don't think this gets as much re-release as some of the other movies do. No, but this is $356.8 million. I don't know if that made that in 86. Probably close to that. I'm sure it's Um, somewhere near it. Oh, no, it did get an IMAX 3D re-release. It says right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2012, so... But it only grossed an additional $3 million in its IMAX release. I'm seeing this right now. So, yeah. no, this, this I mean, so a, it already this was a massive fucking movie, 1986. Massive uh, movie. I think this was the number one movie. It had to have year. been. I, I can't think of anything else that came in 86. I'll I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up at the end. Yeah. But so, uh, it was directed by Tony Scott, who I actually very Scott. much liked as a director. Love Tony um, Scott. 
uh, produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Brockheimer, written by Jim Cash and James, I'm sorry, Jack Epps Jr., based on Top Guns by Ehud Yane. Sure. Uh, music by Harold Faltenmeyer. The great Harold Faltenmeyer. The, the great. Best, best, um, new, best known for his work on uh, Miami Vice, because Harold Faltenmeyer did the Miami Vice theme. No, that was Jan Hammer. He did uh, Beverly Hills Cop. Yeah. I got my uh, foreign 80s composers mixed up. Happens Harold Faltenmeyer is American. Is he? Yeah, well. German. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. American, German. Thanks. Starring uh, Tom Cruise, Kelly McGinnis, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, Tom Skerritt, James Tolkien, Michael Ironside, Clarence Gilliard, Tim Jr. Robbins, who I forget is always Tim in Tim Robbins this. is in it, John Meg Stockwell. Ryan for about five minutes. You know, uh, Kelly McGinnis' original face. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Barry Tubb, Rick Rosevich, Whip Hubley. I mean, hey. Rick Rosevich. Fuck that guy done. Rick Rosevich, you, you know him best from Pacific Blue. No, you don't. You know him best from this movie as Slider. And Terminator. And Roxanne. The movie where... Uh, the Navy Seals. Navy That's a great Seals. fucking movie. Great fucking movie. You, Charlie Sheen, and Michael Biehn are the only people that have ever seen Navy Seals. And my mother, because we had it... Great fucking Because movie. we had it recorded on VHS from uh, probably Showtime. That's what we had back in the day. Great fucking we movie. We didn't have the home box. All right, let me jump right in here. Get out. United States Naval Aviator Lieutenant Pete Maverick Mitchell. That's a neck, that's a mouthful. And his radar intercept officer, Rio. I have the need, Nick, the need for speed. Thanks. Nick Goose Bradshaw are stationed aboard the USS Enterprise. That's, that's, no, 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 no. USS Enterprise is a ship. Mm -hmm. It's a spaceship. Mm -hmm. you, ain't, you ain't fooling me. From which they fly the F-14A Tomcat. During an interception with two hostile MiG-28 aircraft, Maverick gets missile lock on one while the other hostile aircraft locks on Maverick's wingman, Cougar. While Maverick drives off the remaining MiG-28, Cougar is too shaken to land, and Maverick, defying orders, shepherds him back to the carrier. Cooper gives up his wing... Cougar, not Cooper. That's Cooper. Cougar gives up his wing, <laughs> citing his newborn child that he has never seen. Despite his dislike for Maverick's recklessness, CAG, which i do not sure what that means. Uh, I'll look it over here, just so I can... What's, uh, uh, Commander of the Air Group, Stinger, sends him and Goose to attend Top Gun, the Naval Fighter Weapons School at Naval Station, Naval Air Station, Myanmar. So, the movie, when it opens up, we get that... <laughs> I am taking your computer away from me. You don't need it anymore. You've read what you need to. <laughs> This video was titled Tim Curry Can't Stop Laughing. The next video is going to be titled George's Nuts on Dean's Mouth. The next video is going to be like Tim Curry Can't Laugh anymore. Jesus Christ! Oh, oh, oh. Oh, fucking madman. The, mad the disrespect. I love Total. Tim Curry. Still breaks my heart. Anyway, yeah. continue. Yeah. But the movie, we get like that title crawl that talks about the... That, that talks about the Top Gun school because it's a real it's a real place. It does exist. It's in Myanmar, out out near uh, Escondido, California. My mom lived out there for a short time before I was born, and she said you could hear the jets and sometimes see them flying over over top, like doing uh, mm. like their practice missions. She said that was really cool, which is probably why she likes this movie so much. So your mom uh, lived out in California. Before you were born, yes. So and then she, why she moved to New Jersey? Uh, or she, I guess she moved back to New well, Jersey. Yeah, well, home is. I mean, home Jersey's is New Jersey. Home. Okay, yeah, okay, so. okay. I don't. I, don't, I think she. Was I know she lives yeah. out there now. Yeah. I've never met your mom. Yeah, she and I've known you for thirteen years. Yeah, 
I mean, she was out there. For 14 years. I mean, I know she was out there at a time before I was born because she would always mention, oh, it's an Escondido and you could have seen the planes flying overhead. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's pretty cool to witness, which that's not far from where she lives now in mm-hmm. Temecula. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's maybe like a half hour drive, probably the other direction. Mm-hmm. Is your mom still so, where you lived at with her when you went out there for no, six, she's six in, months? No, she's in a house, but, oh, she, but the, it's the same town. No, but did, it's yeah. the same area? That, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, she's not in an apartment. She's in right, a, right, a house right, house right. now. Yeah. So we get that crawl, and then immediately it jumps right into the king of 80s movie themes, Kenny Loggins, Danger Zone. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. I'm Kenny Rogers. Welcome to Jackass. Islands in the Stream, Kenny Rogers and Dolly Parton. (laughs) Get a superstar. That is what you... Welcome to Kenny Rogers Roasters. Jesus Christ. But yeah, but... Fucking Highway to Danger Zone. It's it's there. Would you say it's his best theme? That's tough to say, because I... You know how much I love Footloose yeah. and how much I love I'm Alright. But he also did a song for... Did he do one for Days of Thunder? No. Because I know, I after know Dave Cos did. Because after 1989, people stopped casting uh, Kenny Loggins to do movies. Unfortunately. But he did the theme for Caddyshack 2, which is a bad movie, but it's a good he did song. This, he did the he did, Caddyshack 1, too. He also... Yeah, well, I mentioned well, I'm Alright, yeah. Uh, he also, I think, did a song for Iron Eagle, if I'm not mistaken. Did he? I think for Iron Eagle 1. Uh, Tony Scott did Crimson Tide, too. Uh, Brett would know, because he's a big Iron Eagle fan. I like Iron Eagle 4. You are the only person. You and Lou Gossett Jr. Uh-huh. I don't think Lou Gossett Jr. likes uh-huh. that. But, I mean, Highway to the Danger Zone. God, it is just, it's it's a great song, and it, to this day, when you hear that song, there's no way you don't think about Top Gun. I'm, Actually, uh, no, he did two songs for this. Because yeah. he did Playing With The Boys, also. Mm-hmm. I want to take a, uh, I want to take a uh, sidestep for a quick, okay. s- qu- quick second. Because I think Tony Scott gets a little bit of lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Let me run off some of the movies he's done. We'll st- Hit me. Okay. The Hunger, which is before this, and then mm-hmm. Top Gun. This was the second movie. Beverly Hills Cop 2. This was his second movie? Yep. Revenge, Days of Thunder, The Last Boy Scout, True Romance. I love The Last Boy Scout and True Romance. As what? Crimson Tide. That's a great one, too. So is The Fan. Oh, yeah. Enemy of the State, Spy Game, Man on Fire is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Domino, Deja Vu, Taking Appel 1 through 3 to remake. Uh, he produced the 18th. He was the perfect guy to remake that, too. What? The, the, the Taking Appel 1 I've actually three. never seen the remake. I've seen the original. It's a Carpenter film. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about the original is the guy who plays Wilson on Home Improvement is in it. But I didn't recognize him because I saw his whole face. And his last movie was Unstoppable. Yeah. So, But uh, I just wanted to run that off because I feel like... He is the forgotten, like, like, like Ridley made these all time classics. And it's a damn shame that he committed suicide. Yeah. I mean, it but, was, but Tony, yeah. Tony has, Tony was no slouch mm-hmm. of a director, uh, mm-hmm. except for he made the same movie twice. Because yep. Days of Thunder is literally this with race cars. Yeah. Hey, Tom. <laughs> We're doing Days of Thunder next year. Okay. It's, it's on the slate for next year's summer blockbuster. Is it on the slate next year for summer blockbuster? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love Days of Thunder. Yeah. Is it a blockbuster? It's a movie. If I call it blockbuster, it was made 157 million dollars at the box office in 1990. Hmm. I guess there wasn't too many movies that came out in 1990. Um, Arguably, has a better cast. Oh yeah, has some. I had some like actual, about Hans Zimmer too. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Some say Hans Zimmer grew from Harold Faltermeyer. Do they? Yeah. This is Hans Zimmer's first movie. According to this lie I made up, I did. <laughs> and if you look at, if you're interested in that we got a little thing from the 80s it's called a dustbuster. dustbuster so back to the let me get back to the action here so we got 
Uh, Maverick and Goose are in one plane, and Cougar and Merlin are in the second. Merlin is the Rio to Cougar. And they encounter some MiG-28s, and they are told they are ordered by Stinger not to fire until fired upon, because if they do so, it would be an international incident. It would be you know, a, a giant no-no. So they end up getting missile lock on Cougar, and or Maverick gets missile lock on one of the MiGs. I'm going to pause you for a second. Because I was today years old when I found that the Hans Zimmer did the score, the sound, the music for the Lion King. Wow. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Um, and also the the Top Gun theme, the guitar part was done by Stevie Stevens. Was it? Yeah. Well, like so Stevie Stevens. So you're today years old when you knew that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other MIG gets a missile lock on Cougar, and he wigs out like he has like a panic attack. Mm-hmm. Maverick, um, all time great. Part where you know it's just classic cocky Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. You know he does the inverted shot and gives the gives the Mig the finger. And Goose for some reason has a fucking Polaroid camera in the cockpit because he's Goose because he's Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. He's fresh off he's fresh off Revenge of the Nerds. He's looking to shake that image. So what better way to be the anti nerd than be in the uh, Navy? I mean, it doesn't help him later in the movie. No, nope. So Maverick is ordered to land his plane. Oh. He gets he lands, but then he pulls back up and guides Cougar down the same way. Are we seeing Are we seeing the sequel in theaters? It comes out in July, July second. Yeah, I'll see it in theaters. Yeah, I'll see I it too. I, I I have a feeling I know what the plot's going to be about, but I'll say it. That's fine. I have a feeling it's probably just going to be this. Probably, I, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I don't think it's going to be much. It's going to be this, but instead of Maverick, it's going to be Goose's kid, who's, yeah. whose name is Brad Bradshaw. So a lot of so a lot of thoughts went into getting the name. <clears throat> Because they never mention his name in, in this movie. Mm. So then Cougar gets... Is he born yet in this movie? Yeah, because yes. yeah, Meg Ryan's holding the kid. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they saw his kid, it's like, yeah, you're going down. Sorry. His um, name is Nick Bradshaw. Brad... Oh, no. His name is actually Lieutenant Bradley Rooster Bradshaw. His name is fucking Rooster. Let's just call him Gander. She's <laughs> <laughs> called him... She's called him Asshole Bird Number One. Because that's what those, that's what geese are. Or should call him geese. Val Kilmer is in this. Yeah, he is. He is a four-star admiral. I Ooh, think. I wonder if they got to him. I when he was in that. Uh, there was a. There, I there think, was a time where his voice was recovering. I think this is going to be. <clears throat> I think he's going to be in the hospital, and I think he dies in this movie. You think so? I think it's. I think Iceman gets cancer, and that's and they play it into real life. So if he has the affected voice, it won't ruin the movie. Yeah. If that uh, that I, that is if he even talks at all, he may just be a uh, a quick cameo on some like naval. Yeah, board. we don't know. We don't know. But that's I, I mean know. that's that's just what that's my theory with it. Jennifer Connelly is in it as well. But you know, Cougar Ed, gives this whole Ed Harris is in it. Oh, that's not. Of course, Ed Harris is. Of course, in he's it. in it. Yeah. Uh, so anyway. Cougar gives a whole speech by you know, you know he he's he, he's lost the edge and he turns his wing he turns his wings in. Maverick and Goose are already there, but they're there to get reamed out by Stinger for disobeying orders. Because, you know, so you're ordered to land that plane, you don't own that plane, the taxpayers do. And then he brings up all of Maverick's citations, including flybys by by four air control towers and one admiral's daughter. So his Goose replies, is that Penny Benjamin? And he's like, and you asshole, you're even lucky to be here. Oh, I didn't know, uh, I didn't know Joseph mm. Kaczynski did this. All right. Uh, he yeah. did Tron Legacy. Okay. Yeah. The um. So then you know, singers, you know, I got to do this. I got to give you your shot. You know, you, you know, I got to send you two. To, I got to send you two characters to Top Gun. He's like, you were number two. Cougar was number one. 
he lost a turn in his wings. You guys are number one. So it's not like Maverick stole the spot. No. The guy in first just just dipped out. Which, th- this brings up a question with me. What you got? It's, now, Cougar turned in his wings, but it's kind of a disservice to Merlin. Because now that Cougar has turned in his wings, he drops out of the spot to his Rio. Mm. So Goose kind of took his spot. In theory, that should have been Maverick and Merlin. In, in in theory, but I guess they keep the pilot and Rio as a as a team that you mm. don't break up. Mm. So I, I guess that's why they did that. Mm. And Stinger says one of my all time favorite lines mm. in this movie, where he tells Maverick, you know, do you screw up just this much? You'll be flying a rubber, uh, you'll be flying a cargo plane out of Hong Kong, or no? Hold on, let me get it right because we're on we're on tape. You screw up just this much, and you'll be flying a cargo plane full of rubber dog shit out of Hong Kong. There you go. That's there it. Go. That's it. Love um, it. My mom said. My mom still says that to this day. Does she? Yeah. Whenever I'm you know, doing something, you know, even I'm over the phone, it's like you can't tell me what to do. I'm gonna do it anyway. I still you, listen to her. Do you, uh, do you, you, you want to get a little fancy in your pants? What do you got? What do you got for me? Do you know who's doing the music for uh, the, the sequel? Harold Faltermeyer. Yeah. Nice. Him. It's him and Hans Zimmer teaming up. Oh my god. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. You're right there. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Right. He's still my heart. Yeah. Oof. It's gonna be a fucking. Mega, mega bucks of sale. But then we get Highway to the Danger Zone again as he's uh, riding his fucking. Do you uh, think that's going to appear in the sequel? I hope so. I fucking, better. I fucking hope I fucking so. Better. We know he's got the jacket. Yeah. So I, I hope he still has the bike. And it's Tom, so he probably does still have the bike. Probably his. At a bar the day before Top Gun starts, Maverick, assisted by Goose, unsuccessfully approaches a woman. Maverick learns the next day that she is Charlotte Charlie Blackwood, an astrophysicist and civilian Top Gun instructor. Charlie later becomes interested in Maverick upon learning of his inverted maneuver with the MiG-28, which disproves U.S. intelligence on the enemy aircraft's performance. So before we get to the bar, I want to talk about the the scene at the school, like when they first get there, mm-hmm. when um, when Jester, who's Michael Ironside, is talking, and he's mm-hmm. telling people, you know, in, you know, in World War II, they you know, had a higher had a higher kill to death ratio than they did in Vietnam because in Vietnam they didn't have to do that. So they had no need for dogfighting skills, which is what, um, which is what Top Gun is geared to do mm-hmm. to enhance, uh, uh, aircraft battle via, via dogfighting. Think of Snoopy versus the Red Baron. That's mm-hmm. exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. They started this school because of Snoopy fighting the Red That's Baron. That's right. That's right. Uh, tell me I'm wrong and I'll tell you you're a liar. So, well, I'm not going to tell but, you. But, you know, they get to school and then, you know, they talk about, you know, the first man to ever win the Top Gun trophy, Mike Metcalf, Viper, who's played by the great Tom Scarry, mm-hmm. who I used to confuse with Tom Selleck because their last names are a little similar. I'm kind of dumb, so. Yeah. But, you know, he started talking, you know, the, Ma- the Mavericks looking around and uh, Val Kilmer is doing classic Val Kilmer. He's moving the, uh, moving the coin through his knuckles, which he does with it. Or no, he's got the pen. He's moving the pen through his knuckles. He does another movie with a coin. Um, because that's that's a that's a Val Kilmer staple, uh-huh. and then he's looking around. and He's like, "Oh, I wonder who the best is." And then Viper's like, "Ah, oh, if you wonder who the best is, they're up here on this wall. Every every uh, pilot in his Rio, you know, get their name up on the plaque." And then when they walk by, and then Iceman's like, "Ah, oh, the plaque for the alternate is down in the ladies' room." Then he's like, "Ah, there's two O's in Goose Boys," which is a, a line that Eric likes to say on a frequent basis. But now the bar. Arguably one of the greatest parts of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's probably one of my favorite scenes. I don't know if it's my favorite scene, but it's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Where they're, you know, where 
Maverick and Iceman get that first like face to face meeting. They're like, oh, you know, this is a t- Tom Kazansky. They call him Iceman. That's how he flies. Ice cold, no mistakes. He just wears down to your board. You make a mistake, and then he's got you. And yeah, and then he's, he he chat. Well, he doesn't chastise, but he kind of ribs Maverick. He's like, oh, you know, yeah, thanks for sliding in a cougar spot. And then Goose is like, no, we didn't. We didn't slide in the spot. It was ours. So I mean, they clearly did. So, mm-hmm. and then we get a great scene where he sees Charlie come into the bar. And then pulls the uh, the you lost that love and feeling mm-hmm. line, which is remember when you did that mm-hmm. at the one part? Worked. I don't want to talk about it, but it successfully worked. Successfully worked. Mm-hmm. Sings. And they, they, then he, they, I think he tries like fuck her in the bathroom. I think he does. She, yeah, she turns him down. Then we get to the the school where he finds out who she is, and then he's sitting her hiding his face, and he says, "You know the uh, the dag on the 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 dad on the mig is inaccurate." Mm-hmm. It was like I saw him inverted. That Iceman's like bullshit. You know, does that 80s bullshit cough. Mm-hmm. And then she further just becomes interested in him. One thing they don't mention here, and I'm going to bring it up now, yeah. because I don't want to skip it, okay. is the volleyball scene. Mm-hmm. Now, some people say that is a very homoerotic scene. Mm-hmm. As a man who's played volleyball on a beach in shorts and flexed, would you agree to that? No. Okay, because I don't either. They're just, you know, four dudes. Having good, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say it, but... You know, I used to play volleyball all the time on my second deployment. Was playing in the boys... Like, we literally fucking went every day after work. Was playing in the boys playing while you were playing volleyball? Yes. Okay. Cause yeah, like, like, we would get done, and especially on, like, our, uh, our days off, but, like, every day after work, like, everybody would come back, go to the gym... Eat their dinner and then they'd be we'd be meeting up like eight o'clock and they'd play volleyball have every ever, single fucking night. Have you ever seen the video for that movie? Oh, or, I believe or, or I the have, video yeah. for that song. They play volleyball in the, in the video. That sounds right. So that's yes, I have seen what, it, yes. That's clearly just what it's for. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I had to take a I had to take a swig. Take a swig of your alcohol. Yeah. And then he abandons Goose to go at that dinner date at Charlie's, and that's where we find out about his about his father and how, you know, there's no real information on what happened to his dad. So, you know, he's got, like, that chip on his shoulder of trying to, you know, overcome his dad's notorious legacy because mm-hmm. there's no record on it. During Maverick's first training hop, he defeats instructor Je- Rick Jester Heatherly, but through reckless flying breaks a major rule of engagement and is reprimanded by Chief Instructor Mike Viper Metcalf. Privately, Jester confides a confides that he admires Maverick's skill, but does not know if he would trust him as a teammate in combat. Maverick also becomes a a rival to top student Lieutenant Tom Iceman Kazansky, who considers Maverick's attitude foolish and is flying dangerous. As Maverick's tendency to abandon his team and pursue reckless objectives make him unsafe to fly with. In class, Charlie also objects to Maverick's aggressive tactics, but privately admits him that she admires his flying and omitted it from her reports to hide her feelings for him, and the two begin a romantic relationship. So he does, you know, they, they go on that, they, they go on that hop, Cheap Tricks, Mighty Wings is playing, another mm-hmm. great song, mm-hmm. love that mm-hmm. fucking song. That whole soundtrack, I'll talk about it at the end, Yeah, yeah. but I, cause I'll get, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get sidetracked mm-hmm. real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he drops below the hard deck, which the hard deck is supposed to symbolize the, it's supposed to signify the ground. So you can't go below that cause you're crashing. So that's basically what that is supposed to be, or it's. It's either considered to be the ground, or it's considered to be too low, and whatever damage you do could affect the the ground underneath. Mm-hmm. So, like a like a house, a town, or whatever could 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 um, take the brunt of the damage of the collateral damage. So he's talking. He's like, "Oh, we got him!" You know, they get reprimanded. Plus, they do that flyby afterwards, which Maverick is known for. And Goose's like, "No, we shouldn't do that." 
then they get yelled at, and Goose tells Maverick, he's like, no, I'm just worried about graduating. I got a family to think about. You're basically telling Maverick, in no uncertain terms, that your reckless behavior is going to get me kicked out. It's going to ruin my life. Mm-hmm. It's going to ruin my shot and my chance to have a career and take care of my family. Because Maverick doesn't have any family no. at this point. It's no. just Goose who is like a brother to him. Mm-hmm. So I think Iceman did get Jester. So they so that's why they're leading in the rankings. And then there's another point later where Maverick and... Oh, nope, that's later on. But... They have another, They have that other scene where they're in the classroom and Charlie's wearing those '80s glasses, mm-hmm. and she talks about it's like, "Oh, why would you do this? Like, you know, you risked injured yourself." And then you know, Hollywood is like, "Hey, that's the most like courageous thing I've ever seen. Like, it's a hell of a talent." And then you know, he gets he you know he gets pissy because his fucking teacher told him not to do that, and he gets moody and emotional, mm-hmm. like some people that mm-hmm. I know. Um, so he, you know, he actually, and then just gets on his bike and fucking drives off and she jumps in her classic car and chases him down and then admits that she has feelings for him. They kiss and Berlin's take my breath away plays while a shadowy tongue kiss happens in the night with uh-huh. a blue hue behind it. Uh-huh. The eighties, man, they had style. Uh-huh. They had so much, Absolutely. Fu- so much fucking style. I mean, that's not the first time take my breath away plays. It plays later when he goes to her house in the uh-huh. beginning, but amazing, amazing. During another training hop, Hop 19, Maverick abandons his wingman, Hollywood, to chase Viper. <laughs> not the same Hollywood for Mannequin. I need, I, to, I need to stress that. It's not Mayshock Taylor. Viper admits that he is impressed with Maverick's flying abilities. Or is impressed with flying abilities, but Maverick is defeated when Viper maneuvers Maverick into a position in which his wingman, Jester, can shoot Maverick down from behind, demonstrating the value of teamwork over individual prowess. Jester publicly tells Maverick that his flying is excellent, but he should never leave his wingman. So that's the hop where, you know, where Viper's in it, but Maverick is just, he's, he's too balls to the wall. He's too much of a showman. He feels that it's going to improve his image with everybody else if he takes down Viper by himself. But in doing so, Hollywood got outmaneuvered by Jester, and Jester shot him down, and then Viper led him into a trap where Jester was behind him and took him down. That's you know, some of the, and he actually tells me that's some of the best flying I've seen to date, but you should never abandon your wingman. And that's where... Iceman tells me, he goes, it's not your ma- it's not your flying that's your problem, Maverick. It's your attitude. You know, who are you you know, we're all on the same team right there, but who you know, whose team are you on? You know, he says it in like a dick way, but he's a hundred percent right. Yeah. Well that's what he says it earlier in the movie too, when he's talking to Maverick after like like right before the first hop. When he's like, Maverick, you know, he's like, I'm curious when you know who was covering Cougar when you were showboating with this MIG? Mm. And Maverick plays up and like, Cougar was doing just fine. And like, he clearly wasn't. Yeah. Maverick is just hiding his you know insecurities, even though Iceman's pointing out it's like this is what your problem is. You know, you you, you got a bad attitude and it's gonna get somebody killed. Spoiler alert! <laughs> Maverick and Iceman now direct competitors for the Top Gun trophy, chasing A4 in later training in a later training engagement, hop thirty one. Since part of the scoring in every flight in the course is the time taken for every dogfight to conclude, and after noticing that Iceman is pulling time during his chase after the A4, so that his total score in the course will remain higher than Maverick's, Maverick pressures Iceman to break off his engagement with the A4, and they are both chasing so that he can shoot it down himself. But Maverick's F-14 flies through a jet wash of Iceman's aircraft and suffers a flame out on both engines, going into an unrecoverable flat spin. Maverick and Goose eject, but Goose, but Goose jettisons the, 
hits the jettison aircraft canopy head, head first and is killed. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the end of the movie, Which, too. Yeah, that's it. It just stops. Yeah, that's it. Dead. It just ends. Credits roll, directed by George Lucas. Um, but that's exactly what he's talking about, is Maverick's, you know, Ma- Maverick flying way too close to Iceman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you're obviously supposed to keep some sort of distance between two. He's like, oh, you know, he's just... And he's... And, and, and what's happening to Maverick is exactly what Iceman kind of wants. Yeah. Because that's his flying style. He's ice cold. He's calculating. He's waiting for somebody to make a mistake. You know, it's supposed to be the MiG, mm. but in Maverick's case, because he's so reckless mm. and dangerous in the air, it's him that makes the mistake. Mm-hmm. So Iceman ends up breaking off, and Maverick flies straight through the jet wash. Mm-hmm. It's a completely incidental. It's a, it's a completely incidental thing. Do you know my reaction was when when he first died? What's that? What was? This is laugh off the grace, laugh movie history. That's good. It's right there. It's right there. But yeah, so they they jettison, but because they're in a flat spin. Stop doing that. I can't really scratch it. Sorry, guys. I got a new tattoo. <laughs> I got a new tattoo last week, and it's at it's almost healed, but it's at like that uh that, that like itchy stage, and I'm like trying to like get the itch to stop, and the best way to like do it is slap it so you don't fuck anything up. So I didn't mean to do it, but it's 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 really it's really itching right now, like a motherfucker. The um, but yeah, in the it's me clapping in your a, cheeks. <laughs> in a typical like crash or an instance like that, when you eject the canopy, the canopy would fly back. Mm-hmm. But being in a flat spin, it just went straight yep. up, which is exactly what Goose did into the canopy. Oh, hey. Self high five. There it is. Anyway, although the board of inquiry clears Maverick of responsibility for Goose's death, he is overcome by guilt and his flying skill diminishes. Charlie and others attempt to console him, but Maverick considers retiring. He seeks advice from Viper, who reveals that he served with Maverick's father, Duke Mitchell, on the USS Oriskany. I can't pronounce that. And was the and was in the air battle in which Mitchell was killed. Contrary to official reports which faulted Mitchell, Viper reveals that classified information that proves Mitchell died heroically and informs Maverick that he can succeed if he can regain his self-confidence. Maverick chooses to graduate, although Iceman wins the Top Gun trophy. So basically, the whole re- you know, he he takes the blame for Goose's death, and he can't connect with any of the Rios. He's afraid to engage. So that ruins his skill entirely. And all the others are like, oh, like, like, come on, Mav, just take the shot. You know, just, just go for it, just do it. And then he goes and visits Viper, and Viper's home. He goes, you know, the, the whole reason is because they of because of what line on the map the battle happened in. Obviously it happened in a territory that they weren't supposed to be in. So that's why there's no that's why all the information is classified because it's it's a it's a rule of engagement. Mm-hmm. But he died saving Viper. So that's why he's so that's why Viper knows about it, because they were in the same battle. During the graduation party, Viper and Jester call in the newly graduated aviators with the orders to deploy. Iceman, Hollywood, and Maverick are ordered to immediately Hollywood. Re- Hollywood are ordered to immediately return to the Enterprise to deal with a crisis situation. In air quotes, providing air support to the rescue of a stricken ship that has drifted into hostile waters. I'm just going to keep going on with this. Uh-huh. Maverick and Merlin, Cougar's former Rio, are assigned as backup for F-14s flown by Iceman and Hollywood, despite Iceman's reservations over Maverick's state of mind. The subsequent hostile engagement with the with six mids, six MIGs. Sees Hollywood shot down. Maverick is scrambled alone 
due to a catapult failure and nearly retreats after encountering circumstances similar to those that causes Goose's death. Upon finally rejoining Iceman, the two are still badly at number, but Maverick vocally refuses to leave Iceman without a, without a wingman and manages to shoot down three MiGs. Iceman, shifting to offense, also shoots one down, which forces the other two to flee. Upon the triumphant return to Enterprise, Iceman and Maverick share a newfound respect to each other, and Maverick throws Goose's dog tags overboard. Which, by the way, massive disrespect he should have given those to Meg Ryan. Yeah. That, what, like, he, they don't belong to you. Just because you didn't have a family doesn't mean he doesn't have a family. Mm-hmm. Like, you should have given those to the wife. Some would say this should be the answer. Stop it. I'm taking your computer away from you next time. Your daughter's safe, Colonel. Does she stay this is going on way too long to get to whatever you need it to. And if you want your kids, this is this is going on way too long. I will not shush. Right? Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> taking your computer away from you next time. <laughs> so also during that little celebration there and they're told to go and Maverick is or Iceman's trying to talk to Stinger he's like listen regards to Maverick you know I don't think and then Stinger cuts him off it's like I don't care it's like I don't care what you think Kazansky now it's like I know what's on your mind I'll get on it like don't worry about somebody else worry about yourself and then uh, Wood is shot down and Maverick has to jump into battle and he's still fighting the you know all of his demons and shit, and then overcomes it, shoots out MIGs, does that little scene that I forgot to mention in the beginning when he pulls the MIG in closer and then hits the brakes and I'll fly right on by. Mm-hmm. And then he then he shoots him down. And then Iceman says, like, oh, you can be my wingman anytime. It's like, bullshit, you can be mine. That might be that might be a little gay. Yeah, that, that might be. That, that might be gay. Or as they said in the uh, Top Gun... Hey, remember this? I don't care. I'm just asking if you remember yes, it. Yes, I remember, remember it. it. <laughs> what do, you, what do you think it's funny? What do you think you stand here? You stand here. You're going to tell you why you're a jerk. You're a jerk, you know that? You sit here and I'm going to tell you why you're a jerk. <laughs> the, 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 the caption for the video is called Tom Cruise getting wet. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> this other one's called Cruising for a Bruising. Jesus Christ. And it's from CNN, verified CNN. Oh my God. They titled that Cruising for Bruising. Yeah. <laughs> Wolf Blitzer didn't put that up. He ain't got a sense of humor. No. No. <laughs> Offered any assignment he chooses, Maverick decides to return to Top Gun as an instructor at a bar in Miramar, Maverick and Charlie reunite. While uh, You Lost That Love and Feeling plays over the credits while they do those individual credits. Remember, for each person, they have mm-hmm. a credit come up for who they were. Classic. End of the movie. Oh, man. What? I was hoping there would be like a 10 second clip of Tom Cruise yelling, I love Katie Holmes on Oprah's couch to play. But they're all like four minute clips. Yeah, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to do not that. Not the time for that. Let me keep scrolling. You never know. Just close that. I'll touch it. Stop, stop being distracted. <laughs> so it makes us fun. People love this uh, this banter. People us. love your ADD that you have. Hey, man. For this. Real podcasts do ridiculous shit. Whoa. I just got a piece of information here. What do you got? What do you got? Bomber jacket sales increased and Ray-Ban aviator sunglasses jumped 40% due to their use in this movie. I believe it. That's that's insane. That is insane. But you're welcome. You're welcome. I just happened to look through and I saw it. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But So, uh, out of 10. We're out of 10. 
Eight and a half. I can live with that. Eight and a half. I mean, it's got some cheesy moments, so you know what I mean? Yeah, but, I mean... But it's a great 80s action flick. Yeah, I mean, there, oh. there, I mean, there are some scenes I could have done without. Like, one, like, the one, like one of the scenes I could have done without, and this probably be my least favorite scene, is the first time he goes to Charlie's house. It just... Yeah. It's just kind you of, know what I, I could do more of? I, I, I was bored with it. That was the thing. It's like, I don't care about him doing it for him. Half like, of the movie should have been them playing volleyball topless and sweaty. Hey, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a least favorite scene? That was mine. I Probably that. I, I can do without it. I also like didn't like the bar scene where he was playing uh, Great Balls of Fire with Goose and Goose's... Uh, well, that was that was nice, a nice showing of friendships and stuff like that. But it like, was. I agree with you. I think the scene with her going to her, him going to her house, it, I, it's just, just, I don't need it. I think the second you bring Goose's family into the movie, you have signed his death warrant. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know he's dying. <laughs> and he was also the only guy wearing a shirt playing volleyball. So that's a, that, that's an axe right there. Out. Out. So and out of out of those sees. four guys, he's the only one that uh, is bald nowadays. Yeah, even even Val Kilmer, who has gone through all this cancer treatment, has still has a full head of hair. Yeah, yeah. Well, Michael Ironside has been bald for years. He wasn't playing volleyball. Though. No, he wasn't. We don't know. Maybe he, he, he's not taking a shirt. He could. Well, don't threaten him with a good time. He'll make your head explode like in scanners. What is it? What was that? When he shows up on the fucking video scope. Oh, Jesus fucking, fucking total recall. Right. No, he doesn't say. He goes, hello. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we need to sort of recall. He should have said, hello there. <laughs> right, uh, gonna... Favorite scene. Favorite scene. Where you at? Mm, that's tough. There's a lot of good action in this movie. Mm. I should have wrote it down. It's hard to pick, though. There's some great action some in this great film. Scene, yeah. Um, I, I, would, I would say that... Um, that opening, you know, with the flyby and stuff like that. Right. Just when that introduction of, of, of Pete, you know. Uh, oh, that just, first, the the first, uh, the first hop. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much. Goes. Yeah, because then you're just like, all right, this dude is a fucking legit good pilot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I like it. I, I, I probably would go with that. Or the uh, highball scene. Yeah. Uh, I think favorite scene, I'm going to go with the, um, the hop where it was Hollywood and Maverick against Jester and Viper. When they're like showing off the skills, and they, you you can tell Viper is clearly impressed with with the skills. There it is, there it is. It's on the plays during the credits, which brings us to the soundtrack. What do you think? Like, this is a, it's a great soundtrack. This is a great '80s yeah, soundtrack. I'm actually gonna this pull the soundtrack up. Pull it up so we can get get the actual names of everything on here. Yeah, it's um, weird because I can't even get the full soundtrack. Yeah, that's on right. Fucking, right. So um, what do you got for me? Let's go to the original art. So side one, side two, okay? Because there's some like deluxe editions and stuff like that. So you got, you know, Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins, Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick, Playing with the Boys by Kenny Loggins, Lead Me On by Tina Marie, Take My Breath Away by Berlin, Hot Summer Nights by Miami Sound Machine, <laughs> yeah. Heaven in Your Eyes, Lover Boy, Through the Fire, Larry Green, Destination Unknown, Marietta, and the Tom Gun. The Top Gun Anthem, Harold Faltermeyer, and Steve Stevens. And then, of course, other stuff was added, you know, sitting by the dock of the bay yeah. to, like, a special edition release, and it can't fight this feeling, Broken Wings. Stuff was added as as editions were re-released. Yeah. So, the Power of Love by uh, Jennifer Rush. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a great 80s it's a soundtrack. Great 80s soundtrack, yeah. So, yeah, just as we figured as much, it was the number one... Ah, uh, uh, yeah. You see, you, yeah. you see, three hundred fifty-seven thousand. It's weird because this, it's in, weird because it has this listed as one hundred and seventy-six million, 
But this also that might says, be domestic. This also says North America. Yeah, it, so I, it actually, if you go, yeah. if you go and look at, uh, if you go back to the Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. um, and still. you click on the area that has the 3D IMAX release, um, it says in the box office that it estimate it, um, its domestic gross was 167, 176 million, mm-hmm. and its international gross was 177 million. Yeah, so, so it it it, yeah, it, it, it made almost even in both across you know across mm-hmm. the world and the United States. So, and yeah, that's huge for ACES. What was number two? You had the list up. Oh yes, let me. Uh... Or read off the next the next couple and, and their their box offices just yeah. to see the you know, potential difference. Yeah, um, I have to go back to it. And this I, is probably I, my favorite song on the soundtrack because you know I love Cheap Trick. Oh, I know you do. I I'm, I adore Cheap Trick. All right, so you know, I'll just do the whole top ten, but I'll go in descending order okay. as I usually do. Yeah. So number ten is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Okay. Seventy million. Mm. Number it's nine. A lot of money for a comedy too. Number nine, Ruthless People. I've never seen that. Move on. Uh, Seventy-one million. Number eight, The Golden Child. Mm-hmm. Seventy-nine million. I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Aliens. Wow. 86. I forgot. I, forgot I, I actually forgot that came out in 86. I always feel like it's a lot later. 80, uh, 86 million. Number six, Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. 91 million. Mm-hmm. Number five, Star Trek IV The Voyage Home. Ooh, it's a good movie. 100, good movie. 109. There's, there's Star, there, that, that Star Trek trilogy was huge. Number Well, they, yeah. all, they all made a lot of money. But. Number four, The Karate Kid Part II. Mm. 115 million. Well, a lot mm. of kids wanted to be karate. Yeah. Number three, Platoon. Another, I forgot that came yeah, out. 138. Number two is going to surprise the shit out of you. Number two? Yeah. An 86? Yeah. Number and Elm Street didn't come at Two didn't no, come at 86. No, come One was 84 and six was 87. Well, two was 87, right? Two, no, two, two was 85, three was 87. Okay. 86 is a year I don't know a lot. Of, I... I I obviously would know movies that came out, but it's just a, it's to me, it's like a forgotten year. What do you got? It only did two million less than Top Gun. Really? What did it do? It did a, a hundred and seventy-four million. Okay. Crocodile Dundee. Wow. Like, it's insane. How many times I just passed that movie when it's on? Yeah. But it was it it made it made dollars. It made lots and lots of dollars. Oh, what do you got for me? That's a, uh, that's Top Gun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so is this. That's not the right. actual Harold Walter Iron theme. So. It's weird because Big Trouble in Little China came out in '86. Yeah, dude, you're right. Yeah. What did that? What that do? I don't know. All the Carpenter movies are like cult movies, though. You know, they're all time classics, uh, but they're cult movies. It lost money. That's insane. It was made for in between nineteen and twenty-five million. It grossed eleven point. That's disgusting because it's, that, it's that, one of the all-time. That movies. is disgusting. Yeah, but um, but as you said though, like Carpenter's movies are cult movies, mm-hmm. and look at it, you're twenty, twenty-five, thirty years later on seventy-eight percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It, you know, years later, people are like, "Oh, they're the all-time greats." It's like, yeah. yeah, but they weren't well received when it came out. Yeah. Much like another movie that came out about five years ago, Carpenter. It was way ahead of his time. Yeah, shut up. They know. I hope that. They hear yeah, he was. They hear they, he, yeah, he, he was. was so far ahead of his time and people just couldn't grasp it. The only problem with Carpenter is he died out like once the 90s came. 
Like he did the Memoirs of Invisible Man. Yeah, which uh, was the first movie voted off on that Carpenter competition. It wasn't good. It was like he, did, he, he did Vampires, which is a great movie, except for James Woods. It should have his character. Instead, James Kurt, Woods and Daniel Baldwin. It should have been Kurt Russell and William Baldwin. And Alec Baldwin. Could you imagine that movie? Mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll, t- I'll take. I like Vampires. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It just should have had a better better cast. But hey, that's Top Gun for you. That is Top Gun. Join us next week. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah, we're sitting down. down. So, so, so join us next week for the movie that we've been bumping <laughs> since, since fucking since January. <laughs> The first in a line of the next movie that was really good on a director's cut and the next two that were not. The 1978 classic, your boy, Christopher Reeve, and your girl, Margot Kidder, in Superman. There was no director's cut for Superman. There was for, there was for Superman, too. That's what I'm talking about. Wow, okay, yeah. Yeah. Because the Richard Lester version of Superman 2 is ass. It's not ass, but it's far inferior to, to the Donner Cut. This one and the Donner Cut, which I still I still think yeah. Superman 78 is the superior film. Yeah. But uh, the Donner Cut of 2 is a much better movie. Mm-hmm. Much better movie. So I'm excited to do that because I, I adore that yeah, film. That is also the, as far as I can remember, that is the first live action superhero movie that was uh, put out. Under the Warner Brothers banner, they they yeah. purchased DC in '69, I believe, and it took them nine years to put out a superhero. Because I don't think there was a superhero movie. No, because Flash Gordon came out in '80. 80. So this very well could be the very first superhero movie ever. Maybe we have to do a little bit of research about it because I I, I don't. But it's think... all right. Indiana Jones is in the '30s. Yeah, true. <laughs> so anyway, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this review. Um, I've been Dean Holtzapple. I'm still George Rogers, and we will see you in the multiverse. I gotta send you two to Myanmar. Oh, yeah. <laughs>